No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Super stoked to be with you guys today. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is Michael Hellickson. I'm one of the coaches here at Club Wealth. Uh, coaching and consulting, and uh, my claim to fame is back in the day, I listed and sold very consistently well over 100 homes a month uh, with about 16 uh, agents on the team. So we had a, had a pretty sizable team doing a lot of, of uh, good, good production there. Uh, but today, I get to coach. I get to work with great people like you and uh, help you guys have massive success. Uh, for example, Sheree Benjamin, who's my co-host today on Club Health TV. Uh, Sheree is freaking phenomenal. She is from Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Sheree started off, and uh, in, uh, when, when Sheree and I met, what, about two and a half years ago, not quite three years ago, it was Sheree and a part-time assistant. Uh, a year later, it was Sheree and 25 people on her team, and today it's Sheree and how many we got on the team today? I think it's 33. Just yeah. 33, there you go. And she'll do about 500 transactions this year with her 33 agents. And uh, so Sheree's killing it. And she's completely out of production, which is the way to be, right? She's actually running a business uh, instead of letting a business run her. Uh, so we're super excited about that. And today we've got with us a very special guest in Nick Waldner. And, and Nick, is it Waldner or Waldner? Like, do you go with the whole German pronunciation or do you go just with the W? We don't go that German. We just go with Waldner. But I have a question for you. You're yeah. telling me you're up in the mountains and you brought a shirt and tie for the mountain wear? Like, are you, are you hiking? Just for this. Just for this. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm not sure I should even do this, but check this out. I'm going to just do this. Can you see this now? Yeah, <laughs> So I've never done that before, but now you know the truth. It's all business from the waist up and party face down. That's how it goes. Wow. (laughs) I know. It's way more than you wanted to know. So (laughs) that being said, yes, I brought a a jacket and a shirt and a tie up here just for this purpose because I knew that we were going to be on a bunch of webinars this week, and I knew that I needed to dress the part. So uh, hopefully you guys aren't too traumatized by uh, that. So. We can go ahead and get started. So, Nick, talk to us a little bit more about you. So, you're crushing it. You went from five to 50 transactions. Excuse me. I'm sorry. From 50 to 500 transactions a year in the space of about five years. And the way you did it, I think, was particularly unique. So, talk to us a little bit about that. So, I think it came back to when I was doing... 40, 50 transactions a year. I felt like I was running all the time. I was constantly in the mix. I was working seven days a week. I was, if I wanted to sell more, I just needed to do more. And I had that mentality that I just had to keep grinding, 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 grinding. And I do think there's a part of that that's good for all of us. I think all of us need to get into that grind a little bit to understand what that's like but you have to get out of it pretty quick. You have to get off that hamster wheel and start figuring out how do you actually build a business rather than just continually looking to get one more deal each year? How do you, you know, 10 times your business over a five-year period and you can't do it alone. 
Yeah, you're right about that. It's funny because so many people think that. They think, oh, I'm just going to work harder. And you know what? Some people need to work harder, right? Some people just freaking need to work, right? Not going to say any particular name, Ron. Uh, no, I'm totally joking. I got Ron Anderson sitting next to me here. I'm just giving him a hard time. But the reality is there are agents out there that do need to just freaking go get some work done. Uh, and that being said, that's not the problem for most. For most agents, I would agree with you. The problem is they need to work smarter. They need to, you know, and when you talk about building a team, if I want to go from 50 to 150 units, I have a couple of options, right? I can work myself to the bone. I could be putting in 150 hour weeks, or I can either join a team or build a team, which frankly, that's the way to go. I mean, I just, I don't understand why anybody gets in this business today thinking, oh, I'm just going to be the Lone Ranger. I hear these people say, oh, keep it small, keep it all. And I'm like, that, that sounds like a great way to have a job the rest of your life. That sounds like yes. a great way. Does that, does that sound terrible to you? I just think like the whole mentality of keep it small, keep it all. But what are you keeping all of? I mean, if, if you gave me a pie that was this big and I got all of it, or I could create a pie this big and I got a percentage of, but I got more time, more, more life back, I'll take this all day long. And I think that what people misunderstand is like when we're given talents or God given talents to go out there and, and really succeed. Don't you think that right along with those talents is it's our job to go out and help other people reach their maximum talents and help other people hit their potential. If I'm keeping it small and keeping it all, then I'm not actually helping other people live their best life. And I'm not able to, to go out there and really show people what they're capable of. And I think if you're missing that, like that's the entire business is you're climbing a ladder and you should be turning around and helping other people up the ladder with you. So talk to me about this real quick. So, and first of all, I hundred percent agree with that. I guess the question I have is what about those people that are not the team leader? Let's talk to those folks for just a minute because you know, so often I think people get hung up in, I've got to be the team leader or I'm not reaching my full potential. What would you say to that? Yeah, so so I think building a team is, it's, uh, and, and I'm sure uh, Sharika could agree as well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of systems. It's a lot of creating layer upon layer upon layer. You're creating this foundation and then you're building this monstrosity. And, you know, on my team, what I look at it is when I'm bringing in a great salesperson, I want them to be great in sales, and then I want them to be able to learn and teach other salespeople how to be great in sales. If I take care of all the admin, all the systems, all the marketing, all the expenses, the office, the phones, like all the little mundane stuff, and I let you do nothing but sell and teach people how to sell, you can actually build a business as big, if not bigger than my business, inside my business without having to deal with all the other excess stuff. And I think if someone had given me that opportunity five years ago, I'd probably be 10 times further than I am today because I wouldn't have to deal with all the processes and systems. I could just deal with finding, hiring, training salespeople. Finding, hiring, training salespeople. So, okay, so let's talk about that for a second because there's really, truly, there's a huge difference between the role of the team leader and the role of everybody else on the team, right? And everybody, I think, thinks that the role of the team leader is glamorous, but the reality is I... I think there's a very different reality on the other end of it. Yeah, there's, I think, some, you know, a little bit of, you know, fame or celebrity that can come with, you know, my name's on everything, yada, yada, yada. But that's really just ego, right? So, yeah. so, so 
if I'm a team leader, really what I've got, correct me if you feel differently, but if I'm a team leader, my what I have is I have a job just like anybody else, and my job is I've got to make sure that all of the pieces come together. I've got to take all the risk. I've got to spend all the money in order to make sure that the wheels don't come off the freaking bus. Well, I mean, I have two jobs. I have two clients. I have the person who's looking to buy or sell their house, and I have all the agents on my team. If I don't do a great job for both of those people, I'll get fired. If I don't have any agents, then my team's not growing. If I don't have any clients, my team's not growing. So it, it changes the perspective. Like every agent on my team is basically my boss. If they come in tomorrow and they say, hey, we really need this on the admin side, or we really want to think about this on the marketing side, I then have to weigh the pros and cons and figure out if we can do it, if that's a good idea, what we should change. So we're constantly adjusting and changing our business because I want to make sure my clients are happy or my my bosses are happy. And that's all the agents on my team. Yeah, yeah you're totally right about that. And Shree, you, you always talk about who eats first, right? That's right. That's what I always say. So my team motto is that, you know, we've got one plate, we all eat from it, but Cherie's the person who eats last from it. You know, so that's how, that's what we do. It's one plate, but we all eat is what we say. But Cherie is the person who eats last. I have the same similar thing as to where um, when I, when the team started to formulate itself and started to happen, like Michael said, it was just a part-time assistant at that time, you know, two and a half years ago. But when the team started to come together, it was more me looking for one, I needed help. <laughs> so there was a need for someone to come in and help because I've got too much coming in. But then when I brought that person in, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility is what I noticed. You know, first off, it's a lot of responsibility. I am responsible for your household and you're right. And so you are, I look at my team members, all of them, we're all partners, including everyone that's our admin staff. We're all partners in this business. The person who takes the biggest risk is myself. I take the biggest risk for them, but we're partners. So that's my role in this partnership that we have in this business that we're growing. Um, I really like what you touched on in reference to the agents and the mindset of an agent, because a lot of times agents do not realize how much their team leader takes off of their plate. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that gets taken off of their plate. So you can focus on two things. And those two things are basically money making activities. You don't have to focus on everything else in the background, making sure all these moving pieces are talking to each other and syncing together. So talk to us about back when we were just doing the 50, when it was just you or how big were you when you were doing just 50? And then what, where did the shift start to take place that it's like, you know, everybody has like that light bulb moment that like comes on and it might be something that someone said, or I'm just, I want to get off this hamster wheel or what is it that made you start to make that shift? Yeah. So, so I actually had three light bulbs, but because I'm not very bright, it took me three before I actually saw it. <laughs> You're um, walking in the house, turning on all the switches, huh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it came in the form of, of girlfriends actually. So oh, I, nice. I remember this first girlfriend who said to me, you know, all you care about is work. All you do is work. You never have time for me. You're a terrible boyfriend. I'm out of here. And she left door slammed. And I thought, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Does she know what she's given up here? Right, exactly. So then the next girl comes through and very eerily similar. She's standing at the front door. She's about to slam it. And she's like, 
all you care about is work. You never have time for me. You never have time for your family. You're going to be a terrible husband. I'm out. Door slams again. And I think, well, that's kind of weird. Very similar. <laughs> and the third girlfriend, as she's uh, slamming down the stairs and about to slam the door, she says, you're a terrible boyfriend. You're going to be a terrible husband and you're going to be a terrible father because all you care about is work and all you do is work. And then she slammed the door. And that was a light bulb that went, wow, what's the common denominator from all three of these people? And it's me. Like, yes, I'm working too much. Yes, I'm putting too much time in. And I was I was following, you know, some of the mantras of some of the guys like you want to you want to do more. You need you want to make more. You want to do more. Who's up at 4 a.m. on Friday and working hard? Who's taking Saturday and not quitting? Who's using their Sunday? to? And I'm like, at first, I thought that was the way to go. And then I realized really soon, like, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be a chaperone for the school trips. I want to be coaching the kids in sports. Like, I want all that. And the only way to do that is if I have time. And the only way to have time is if I build an organization and run a business rather than slave over a sales job you know it's interesting we have our core value at club wealth and you may you may not know this yet uh, but the core value at club wealth is that no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home yeah that's where we measure everything by that right and so if we're about to do something and it conflicts with that hey we just don't do it right it's just not worth it and so we really got to be cognizant of you know what are we truly doing you know if i look at this business versus any other business on the planet right sure you've got like the HVAC guy, that it's just him and his van, and he goes out and he does his thing, um, and he's got to be the salesperson, and he's got to be the technician, and he's got to be the everything to the company, the bookkeeper, the everything, right? And that might sound fun to some people, but for most technicians, they don't love all those things, right? They're not great at bookkeeping. They're not great at sales. They're great at fixing the HVAC unit, but the reality is, in life, specialists are who makes all the money. And it doesn't matter if you're the specialist in running the business. It doesn't matter if you're the specialist in doing the HVAC or the specialist in the bookkeeping. When you highly specialize, you make more money and you get time back in your life because here's what happens if you don't. If you don't specialize, what it ends up looking like is you have a full-time job going out and doing the technician stuff, right? So you're fixing the furniture, you're in the real estate business, you know, you're out helping people buy and sell homes. And then you've got a part-time job doing all the back-end work. And then you've got another part-time job trying to sell people into coming into this. Then you've got another part-time job doing all the bookkeeping. And I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. And guess what ends up suffering? For most people, it's their family. So if you really, really, truly, and, and, I, and people will argue with me about this, and I get this once in a while, people give me a hard time. They say, well, Michael, you don't have to be a team. And yeah, we coach people that are going to be a solo agent forever, and that's all they want to do. And that's fine. If that's really what you want to do, that's fine. But I'm here to tell you that if you want to have success in life and you want to have a great family life in the process, you got to specialize. So that means you either got to get on a team or you got to start building a team, one of the two. Well, I think it's, it's really clear. Look at the number of hours you work. If you're working 70, 80 hours a week, guess who you're stealing from? You're not more successful in business than the guy doing 40 hours. You're just working twice as much. And you're stealing that time from your family. So that's when you have to start to realize, like, is that worth it to get to that next level in real estate? Do I want to steal that time from my family or do I want to get to that next level through leverage and through people? 
Well, it's not just filling the time for your family. I think a lot of people miss that the the importance of having peace in your life and that time that you need with yourself. A lot of people skip over that, you know, and, and that's what you really need. You need time with yourself to to center yourself so that you are a better husband, you're a better father, you're a better team leader, you're a better realtor, whatever those slashes are besides your name. Um, you're better at that when you can stay, when you have peace within your life and you need that. Everybody needs that quiet time, you know, so talk to me. Yes. Can I just jump in? Can you tell that to my baby screaming in the background right now? <laughs> if I, I let Ace yeah. come in, then they I, can I, go I, at it. Several times, Daddy needs his peace and his quiet time, and he does not listen. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, I've got a two-year-old that doesn't, doesn't care either. <laughs> so, awesome. okay. So, light bulb moment came on for you. And then what was what was the action that you took next? So, hey, you know what? I don't want to be this cruddy boyfriend, husband, father. What happened next? So first thing I realized is what do I enjoy doing and what do I not do or what do I not enjoy doing? And it, it's like the simplest way for me to put it is get lazy on the things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. If you hate the admin work and you hate the paperwork, like I love meeting a client, coming in, hey, building rapport, getting them to sign the deal. I walked out of there with a signed contract and I felt on fire, like life was good. Then I had to go back to my office and I had to upload it in. I had to check for missing signatures. Then I had to go through this and I had to order this and it was, I hated it. And I got to call the title company. Hey, how's it been going? And then the lender, did you order the appraiser? I hated all that. So I realized right away, got to get rid of all that. I've got to stop doing those things that I don't like doing. So then I've, I've taken that with in my business now. I make sure that every single agent that comes in that has that salesperson personality, I take all that off their plate from day one. They never have to deal with that calling a title company six times to finally reach somebody. I hated it. And now nobody on my team does that. So I think it started with realizing the things that I was good at and using my time more wisely there and the things that I wasn't great at or just didn't enjoy doing, I stopped doing those. So get super lazy and start thinking about all the things you don't want to do and all the things you do want to do and only do the things you want to do. And you got to, you create, so you created leverage around that. So you got someone in to do those things. Cause I don't want people to hear you wrong. <laughs> you know oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want them to hear you wrong. So you created a leverage around that, which is great. And then where did it shift to? Okay. Now I've got this business and I need more agents. Like when did that shift happen? So it was, it was progressive. So let's, let's take the entire transaction. NAR teaches us that the entire transaction takes about 45 hours. So if we break down that transaction, it goes, and I'll go pretty quickly through this, but you got about an hour of lead gen. You're calling around trying to find anybody who's interested in buying or selling a house in the next 12 months. Then you have another, about an hour of follow-up. Now, what I mean by follow-up is I get somebody on the line that says they want to buy or sell a house in the next 12 months. I need to call them again and again and again, you know, once a month, every two weeks. And each conversation is five minutes. It all adds up to about an hour. Then I get an appointment and I go and I sit down with them about the buyer consult or listing consult, whatever it is. That's about two hours. Then I take them out and show them property. So I'm in the car. I take them out probably three different times. They see five or six houses. It's about three hours each time. So it's about nine hours of showings. I negotiate. Let's give it an hour. Hey, Cherie, 300 is too high. We want 290. No way, Nick, 295. All right, 292. I mean, it's quick. <laughs> an hour. Then it's all the work that I hate doing. 
Then it's all the setting up inspections, calling the title company, getting the lend, all that stuff. And then finally, it's an hour of settlement. We walk in. That's the day they get the keys. They're so excited. So if when we break it down like that, we have two big sections there. You got 30 hours worth of admin work. So that's the first chunk we took out. And then we have nine hours of showing where that's the next chunk. So if we take 30 hours, that an entire transaction takes 15 hours. If we then take out the nine hours for showing, every transaction I do only takes me six hours. So I hired someone to come in and do the showings and start learning how to build rapport with, with my people and open doors. Perfect. So let's talk about that part a little bit more because a lot of people are shifting more to that showing agent on the team type of model. So did you hire someone that was within your team? Did you go find someone that's retired? How did you bring that person in? Yeah. So I think it's a massive mistake to go out and think about that as a cul-de-sac position and think you're going to hire somebody and they're going to be there forever. You need to be thinking with the end in mind. So what I'm looking for is an absolutely incredible agent. And the first thing I do is I bring them in. I teach them nothing but lead gen. If you can't lead generate, you're not going to make it as an agent. I'm not your complete savior. You need to fish as well. I'll give you some fish, but you need to fish. So they've got to learn that first. The second they start being proficient at that, and I can see that they're, they're doing a good job, and it only takes 45 days, maybe 90 days at the most, then I move them right into a showing agent model. As a showing agent, now I start building on how to set up showings, how the lock boxes work, how the MLS works. Now I'm starting to teach them some real estate transaction stuff. As we progress through that, they start, you know, hey, this client wants to make an offer. Great. Sit next to me. I'll show you how to make an offer here. Now you do it. And we start progressing until they become a full-time agent. Um, Michael, do you have that slide I sent you guys? I don't. All right. Anything possible for you to share your screen? Whoa. You are robbing the entire population of that. I don't even know where that is. Oh, that's awesome. I'll tell you what, when you find it, we'll, we'll give you a screen share opportunity and you can share it. All right. Perfect. So, so what happens is you're looking for somebody who can succeed at a very high level and you're starting them off in a position where you can kind of have some controls over their progression and how they do. So I think that's the key is you're not looking for that retired person that, you know, isn't, um, you know, isn't going anywhere and really is just going to open doors for you. No, you want a really talented, great agent and that's who you want to focus on. All right, I got it pulled up if you... Uh, Absolutely. Go ahead and hit that share screen button on the bottom of your screen there. And By the way, folks, those of you that are watching, don't forget you can ask questions. And Gabe Cordova is like, that is money. I agree, Gabe. Uh, but you guys are welcome to ask questions in our live feed here on uh, facebook.com forward slash club wealth. Uh, and then what we'll do too is, for example, with this slide... Any other materials that you've got, Nick, that you want to share with everybody, we'll put them up on our website at clubwealth.com uh, forward slash TV will be this episode. Uh, you guys can listen to it later on on the podcast, and we'll make sure that we share uh, all of the collateral material that Nick has for you there as well. So go ahead, Nick, walk us through the slide. All right. Stop ruining my mojo, Michael. <laughs> all right so what we talked about in the beginning the five things an agent should do that's literally when i broke down that 45 hours and told you the five things you should do as an agent and nothing else that's right here in the gray can you see my pointer or no yeah we can yep. see all right perfect so right here in the gray if you're doing anything outside of those five things 
you're already missing the boat. You're already spending your time in your 80%. So everybody knows that 20% of our result or 80% of our results come from 20% of our efforts. This is the stuff that you do to get the 80% the of your results. So this is where you want to focus. Now, if you notice in the very beginning, we're bringing people in as an ISA, an inside sales agent. To me, again, it's not a cul-de-sac position. This is a 45 days, maybe 90 days at the most where you're coming in and you're learning how to lead generate. Can't be successful in real estate without lead generating. Then you move into an ISA slash showing agent role. So your mornings, you're still lead generating. You're still building your pipeline. You're still growing your business. In the afternoons, you're spending more time with me, showing property, understanding how to build rapport, learning how to be, like, be an agent. Over the course of that same 45 to 90 days, I should be able to teach you how to do everything to become your own agent, write your own contracts, do all that stuff. And you move into a sales agent role. As you're going up in those roles, you're also making more and more money because you're, get, you're doing more and more of the transaction. Then you can get into a lead sales agent role or a mentoring sales agent role on my team where you're now bringing people in underneath you and you're getting a piece of their pie as well. It doesn't take any, and I should probably change that. You're getting a big, a bigger piece of my pie. Everybody that comes through gets the exact amount of uh, their commission splits and all that. But I give up more of my pie every time you go up this ladder because you earned more. And now you're a, you're a bigger partner in my business than you were the stage prior. So then from a sales agent, you go to an expansion partner, you open up another office for us in a different location. All of our offices that we're opening are within about a 45 minute to an hour drive of our hub. So we're still very connected. Then we're going to look for people that are going to help people open those offices. So you open an office and you're successful. All right, let's pull you out of that role and let's help you teach other people how to open their own offices and how to grow that. And then obviously, as you, as you go up, it just keeps increasing. So from day one, when we hire somebody, if I sat down with a retiree and said, hey, here's my growth plan for you. There is no limit. There is no ceiling. It's not the right person. If I start with somebody that has talent and has ambition and drive, I can show them a way where they can climb that ladder and I can teach them everything they need to do to climb it. And they don't have to deal with all the stresses and expenses and all the other stuff that we do in the background. So first of all, I think this is brilliant. This is exactly what we've been telling people for years. If you're a team leader, you have to show people their career path. You cannot pigeon people into what Nick, uh, you referred to as a cul-de-sac position, right? Because, and don't get me wrong, are there people that are going to only want to be an ISA at some point? Or are there people that are only going to want to be a buyer agent or only going to want to be uh, a, a showing assistant? Yes, that's great. And more power to And we love having those people on our teams. And that's fantastic. Uh, you know, Sheree Benjamin, for, uh, and Nick, I'm not sure if you know this, but we have a company called Commonwealth Expansion Services, where we have expansion teams all over the country, and Sheree Benjamin is actually the CEO of that company. Um, but same thing, right? Like, the goal is you got to help people be where they want to be, not where you want them to be, right? So if they want to be a buyer's agent, awesome, great, let's help you be the very best buyer's agent you can be. If you want to be a, an expansion director or an expansion director on a national level, all this stuff, then great, let's help you be that. But people need to understand that there is a career path and that there's there's a process to getting where they want to go. The problem with most teams out there, I think, today is that they don't have that. They don't have a career path for people. So people come in and it's as good as it gets the day they walk in. And it's as good as it's ever going to be. Well, 
And why is it as good as it gets? It's as good as it gets because that's what the owner needs for his business. It's a very selfish way of looking at it. When you put a ceiling on people, you're saying, I need you to be the, this cog in my wheel so that I can get where I want to get. But you're not giving people the opportunity to go where they want to go. So in this path, there are people that get to sales agent and they might want to stay there for two, three, five, 10, 20 years. That's completely fine. I'll never tell somebody they have to keep going. They stop where they want to stop. And I'm happy with that. But I never want to put a lid on somebody where they have to stop because I say stop. Dude, you're so right. Oh, go ahead, Sheree. Oh, yeah. So we've got a question. Uh, I want to jump, throw this question in here from Jen Hill. She says, so when, when these new team members are lead generating and converting these leads, are they handing them over to someone else, AKA a buyer's agent on the team and being paid like an ISA or is there yeah. something different? Yes, a hundred percent. So not only are they getting paid as an ISA, so they're getting um, you know a, a small salary and then they're getting a small percentage of the commission when they close, but they're also now with that agent so that they get a, they convert a buyer and the buyer wants to go out and see properties this weekend. That ISA hands it off to a sales agent and then says, Hey, Michael, can I come with you and shadow you? Can I learn what you're doing? When you have that first buyer consult, can I sit with you? When you start doing that, they get to sit shotgun for the entire transaction. So not only are they getting paid on the transaction, they're also learning how to do it so that they become more and more prepared to do it themselves. And that's why that position, that ISA position in our world is somewhere between a 45 to 90 day position. Because the entire time, you're learning so that you can earn. So you got to learn to earn. And that's a learning position. And the same thing with the ISA showing agent role. When you get to that role, it's still a learning position first, earning position second. Once you get to sales agent and on, now you are learning and earning at the same level. So you that's where you can stay for a long amount of time. And we don't, I don't give those numbers like 45 or 90 days. Once you get to the sales agent role, you can grow it as big as you want. You can do as much as you want. You can make as much as you want. That's there. You're you're past that uh, more learning than earning. Now you're keeping up with it. So let's say you have an agent come on your team who's been in the business for hmm, four years or so, you know, and they see everything that you're doing. It's so great. You know, they think that you are what they need to take their income to the next level and to, in their career to the next level. Do they start off as an ISA? Is everyone no, so following the same path? No, so that's a great question. So we have to have we have to have a uh, a set structure for all of our agents. We want them all to be educated and have the same understanding. So where a brand new agent would go through that ISA process in forty five to ninety days, somebody who's been in the business for four years, they could whip through our entire training in probably about a week, and they could do it while continuing to sell real estate. So. We have a proprietary training uh, division completely set up that we've done over the last five years. So every single hire comes in, they go through the program, it tells them there's, there's quizzes, there's uh, readings, there's, you know, there's times where the computer's telling you, Michael, here's three different lenders, set up personal meetings with each one of them so you can better understand what a lender's role is. Here's three title companies, set up a personal meeting with them. Okay, now at this point, go find so-and-so and you need to shadow 10 times. Now at this, and the entire thing is a, is a video catalog of everything, all of our trainings. The average person needs to hear something seven times, seven times before it clicks in. 
But think about when you were at a new job and you just learned something and you had to go back to your boss and say, hey, I remember this and this, but how do I do this, this and this? And then you do it again and you go back to them. Hey, I remember the first three steps. What's this one again? And then you go back to them. By the fourth time, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm asking them again how to do this. The truth is it takes us seven times just to understand things. So why aren't we giving this to them in a version like a video version where you could watch it 20 times if you really wanted to so that you can become proficient very quickly? You know, I love what you're saying because it's so true. It's funny. People say to me sometimes, hey, Michael, how come you, you have webinars or podcasts or you, you, know, you say the same things at events over and over again? Well, there's a reason for it because, first of all, it takes that seven times for people to retain it. And second of all, because it's that important, Right. And so, you know, you talk about this training process and this onboarding process, and that's exactly right. That's exactly what we've created now with Club Health University, where people come in and they, you know, they go through, you know, video content quiz, video content quiz, and, there's, and they can go back. And, and to your point, you know, if there's people that you need to meet more often, you know, if you need to go back and you need to see somebody again, or you need to see those lenders, those title companies, those escrow companies, we need to make sure as team leaders that we are systemizing this for our teams. So that it's not, you need to talk to Susie or to the team leader every single time you need some of this information. Because now all you're doing is wearing your team leader out. And before long, the team, I mean, first of all, most team leaders suck at training or they don't love that part of their job, but, they ha- but it has to be done. And so what you don't want to do is you don't want to wear each other out in that process. So I love what you're doing there. I think it's fantastic. I also love what you're doing. You're, you're following a very similar model to Lance Loken in your bring them on as an ISA, once they've been an ISA for, you're saying, 45 days, then they can step up, they can be a showing assistant, and then they can start being a buyer's agent, and then, you know, they can, they've got that pathway, but they got to earn it every step of the way. And I think that when you have to learn it every step of the way, you learn it at a deeper level, you internalize it, you appreciate it more, and you do a better job each step of the way because you had to work to get there. It wasn't just, yeah, show up on our team, we're going to send you a bunch of leads we spent a bunch of money on, and good luck, let us know how it goes which is how most team leaders do it. And frankly, that sucks because what ends up happening? They lose money. And that's, we're not in the business to lose money. All of us, including the team leaders, need to be profitable. Uh, So I love this. Uh, Marvin asks, do you also have ISAs that focus on building the team's listing inventory? Yeah, so, so that's a great question, Marvin. So my question would you be, when you're calling people and they say, um, no, I'm not looking to list my house, but I am looking to buy. Do you say, oh, I'm sorry. This phone call is only for listings. I'll, I'll call you back when I'm on my buyer rotation. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're lead generating for anything and everything. If they want to buy, if they want to flip, if they want to invest, if they want to sell, if they are a new, new home construction and they want you just to list it and like whatever it is, you're going out and looking for anything. Lead generation is if you've ever been deep sea fishing, you go out on a big tuna boat or a big marlin boat, how many rods do you have in the ocean? A whole bunch of them. 10, 12, 15. And how many of them hit? On a good day, two, three, four. But most likely one is going to hit and the other 10 or 11 are just going to be out there. So if you're limiting yourself to just one rod out in the middle of the ocean, you're going to have a hard time catching fish. You need to have 12 or 15 or 20 different rods out there and whichever one hits that's the one you're jumping on you know it's, it's, oh, go ahead, Sharif. What are you saying? i'm just going to ask you so are, are do you separate that so speaking of listings and buy in buying agents do you separate the two or is someone come on your team once they get to that point they they can do either or 
Yeah, so great question. In the beginning, if you would ask me two years ago, oh, we absolutely have a buyer agents, we have listing agents, and why would we do anything different? You specialize, and that's how you make more money. But when it comes to lead generation, you get both sides. When you have a friend that wants to buy or sell, they want to work with you. So we realized really quickly that while some teams do it and they do it at a very high level, for us, because we're so lead generation first, prospecting second, or prospecting first, marketing second, we're so focused on that that it's impossible for me to say, hey, Cherie, go out there, you know, really pound the pavement and find people that want to buy. Now, if you find anybody who wants to sell, you can't work with them. You've got to pass them on to so-and-so. So we've found that I'd rather train the agents on the entire transaction and let them be better whole rounded agents because one, as they're lead generating, they're going to be able to work any lead they get. And number two, which is this is even more important to me, if they're going to be building a big business in my business, I want them to be able to hire and train and teach everything there is about the real estate transaction on the buy side and on the sell side. Okay, now I got to jump on this one because I'm, I've always felt very much the opposite. And so I've always felt like, you know, if you try to be great as, as a buyer's agent, you're trying to be great as a listing agent, you're kind of like a hide-a-bed, right? You suck as a bed and you suck as a couch, right? So for me, when I sold, I was, you know, a listing agent. That was really what I did. Um, and I was terrible at buyers. I, as much as I would love to say, oh, I could be all things to all people, the reality is I just couldn't, right? So I got really, really good at listing. And I was listing 50 to 75 houses a month, not counting my team, not counting REO. But that's because that's all I did. There's no way I could have been showing houses and doing the same thing or, or working buyers and doing the same thing. And I also noticed that the sellers, like, you know, if I had Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the type of personality they wanted to work with in selling their home was very different than the kind of personality they wanted to work with in buying a home. Like in buying a home, they wanted somebody who was nurturing and guiding and, you know, would educate them. And in selling a home, they wanted that agent that would kick down the front door, punch them in the face, and make them sign. And it was two very different personality types. And I just wasn't both. I had to be both. I mean, I had to be one or the other. Now, what I've seen is, sure, there's agents out there that are successful at doing both. Um, but I haven't seen agents... For example, like your agents right now on your team, do you have any of the agents on your team that are doing both, that are doing more than seven transactions a month consistently? More than seven what? Transactions a month consistently for that one agent that's working both sides? Yes, we have several of them that are doing that. So here's the key. That's very rare, okay. Here's the, here's the key, well, I'm very rare, so I like to just say that. <laughs> so the key is you have to learn both sides, but it doesn't mean that you do both sides equally. You might be 75% listings and 25% buyers. You might be 75% buyers and 25% listings. That's okay. I want you to understand how to do both and then you can focus on what you want. But if you think about it, as you're developing as an agent, what's the first thing I gave up when I, I hired an admin? So I gave off all the admin. What's the next thing I gave up? Tell me. The showings. All of a sudden, I stopped doing showings because I wanted to cut down my time. Well, guess what happens on the listing side? There is no showings. I don't have to worry about that. So it's 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 better in my time to spend to spend that time focused on my my listings. As my listing appointments go up and up and up and up, at some point I need to look over and say, "Hey, you've been well trained. You're going to take over all the buyers, and now I'm just going to focus on the listings." So I started doing both. And now I'm focused on my listings because it's more time, it's, it's less time consuming. Like listings, 
how often does a listing say, hey, come to my house at, you know, a Saturday, Sunday, or an evening? Most of the time you can get those in during the week or maybe five, six o'clock at the latest. So if my time is valuable to me, if I work with buyers, I need to be available every evening and every weekend throughout the year. So I might shift to sellers because I want my time back. And then I'm focusing on the person I was just grooming up and letting them take some of those buyer leads. So I think you're right. Over time, you do specialize, but we don't specialize until later. Once you've worked both sides and you determine what you like and what you don't like, that's when you can start specializing a bit more. Okay, so here's the burning question I've got at this point then. So if I've got people that are not specialized, uh, so I've got an agent that does both buyers and sellers, I'm now paying for leads, right? I'm paying for lead gen in lots of different ways, whether it's through marketing or purchase leads, doesn't matter. I'm, there's a cost to those leads. Have you tracked and, how, and, and what is the conversion rate difference between those agents that do and don't specialize? All right. So great question. And my answer is going to make you very happy. <laughs> Number one, any agent can work any lead that they bring in. Uh-huh. So if your best friend calls you and says, hey, I want to buy a house and I want you to represent me, even though you're a listing agent, you can work that lead. It's your friend. You have the, the rapport already. Like you can do that. No problem. When the team is paying for a lead and somebody says, hey, I want to sell my house, we go to the people that have been trained and have you know, been checked off as far as they follow our listing presentation, they know our comp structure, like they've had to go through a training process that said they can do everything that our listing agents can do and they can do it at a high level. So now I don't have any problem handing that. So maybe I can hand that lead to Cherie because she's passed everything. But Michael, you still haven't passed all the uh, all the assessments. I can't give you any listing leads. But if you find one, you can certainly work it. Okay, so now that's you, a whole different ballgame. Okay, now we're on the same page. Go ahead, Shree, what are you going to say? So when you have that agent that's new, that has the best friend, that wants to list their house, and you've got Michael, who's the super-duper listing agent, uh, say it with your chest out, do they co-list together? <laughs> do they co-list together? Is it just a handoff? Like, how do you all structure that? No, I definitely think the co-list is the better, uh, the better. So it depends. If somebody's 20 days in the business and they're an ISA, it's not really a co-list. They're handing it off, but they're sitting shotgun for the entire ride. They're learning as they go. Once they get to a point where they're like a full-fledged agent and they're doing well, and maybe their mom wants to sell and they're like, well, I, I feel comfortable, but not really. I'm going to co-list this with Michael so that my parents get exactly what they need in terms of our service and our level of, uh, our level of expertise, but I'm still going to sit shotgun, earn half the commission and be part of it. Great. That was Jen's question. <laughs> And, and, you know, okay, so let's let's shift gears just for a minute. First of all, I want to remind everybody that uh, we appreciate our sponsor, uh, which is WiseHire. If you guys aren't using them already, check, check them out. It's uh, wisehire.com forward slash club wealth. Uh, and they make these uh, these calls and these, uh, these club wealth uh, TVs possible. So uh, if you're looking to hire people, whether it's administrative or salespeople, we use them for both. Uh, both for our local stuff and our expansion teams all over the country. So uh, we love WiseHire. They're fantastic. So definitely give them a, give them a shout out for us. Uh, that being said, Nick, get into, you had said you have a three 
step process. Talk about your three step process. Am I getting that wrong? Hold on, let me see. I, I, I saw in here, it was about uh, your three step process for building a team bigger than you. Okay, got it, got it. So so it, it really comes down to this. So, so draw a triangle. If you're sitting at home and you're watching this, get out a piece of paper, draw a triangle, all right? Bottom of the triangle or inside the triangle, I want you to write sales, okay? Why did we all get into sales? Michael, I'll ask you, why did you pick sales instead of a salary position at a company? Because the highest paid people on the planet are salespeople. And the reason I picked real estate is because the, the, the vast majority of millionaires in the world made their money or keep their money in real estate. Perfect. Sheree, why did you chip, choose a sales job rather than a salary position somewhere? Uh, I wanted my freedom from my time, which we know. Yeah. And I wanted to make a lot of money. All right, perfect. So what the common denominator, common denominator between you both is I want to make more money. And then Sheree, you told the ultimate lie, which is I want yep. freedom and time. Yep, that's what we hear. I got into real estate because I was like, I want to be my own boss, make my own hours, <laughs> decide what I want to do. And I realized really quick when a buddy would call and say, hey, we're going to happy hour at five o'clock, are you in? And I'd say, yeah, I'm a business owner. Of course I'm in. Let's do this. And then I get a phone call and my client would say, Hey Nick, we really want to see this property at 515. You know, we loved it. Well, you know, when can you show it to us? 515. <laughs> you know, my friends, get get lost, guys. I wasn't my own boss. I didn't have the freedom of my schedule. My clients were my boss and they they set my schedule. So exactly right. So the bottom line is we all got in there because we could make more money. So Michael. If I could double your average sales price, double the amount of commission you make per uh, transaction, and feed you as many leads as you want, can you make an unlimited amount of money? Uh, can I make an unlimited amount of money? No, it's still limited, but I can make a lot more money. Sure, you can make more money, but what would stop you from making an unlimited amount? My time. Yeah, so... People at home, they're like, what does he mean by that? If I gave you 10 listing appointments this week, you could probably do it. If I gave you 1,000 listing appointments this week, could you do it? The answer is going to be no, because you run out of time. So now draw a line over sales, and that, that ceiling is your time. So no matter how great you are at sales, you're always going to hit that ceiling of time. And that's the argument we talked about in the beginning. We end up using that ceiling and saying, well, we'll just steal from our friends and steal from our family. And we start taking from our personal side so that we can just inch it up a little bit more on the sales side, but we're cheating. So now if I said, all right, well, wait, Michael, I'm going to help you build a team. You can hire salespeople, you get your commission, and you get the commission for each one of the prop or you know, a piece of the commission for each one of the properties that they help buy or sell, can you make more money than if you're an individual agent? Absolutely, 100%. And you've just removed the ceiling because I can now have an unlimited size organization underneath me, and I don't have to belong to a multi-level marketing company to do it. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just I love that you said that. So great. So I want you to hire 10 people this week. Can you do that? Uh, depending on the systems in the background, potentially, yeah. Okay, perfect. I need you to hire 10,000 people this week. Can you do that? I can't do it with the, the organization I have in place currently, no. So what are you running into? The same ceiling, right? Right. Now, let's just make sure we notice this. In sales, we hit a ceiling with this much money. Now we're hiring people. 
we're making more money, which is good, but we're still going to hit that ceiling. So the next level above that is leadership. So uh, Mike, can I share my screen again? Let's Absolutely. You can. All right. So if we look at this, this is the hierarchy. So as a single agent, you can only make so much money, even though it's more than you could make at a salary position somewhere. So you need to start hiring. And when you hire, you can start making more money because you're growing a team and you're having other people and you're able to make the pie bigger and take a piece of it. But leadership is where you hire people and then you keep you get them proficient at sales. They don't have to be the best player in the league to be the coach, but they have to be proficient. Then you teach them how to hire and then you teach them how to help people up that same path. Now, Michael, you said it. What does that look like at the very top, that evil triangle right here? What does that look like? That looks like network marketing. Oh, my God. You got you brought this guy on. He's trying to teach you multi-level marketing. I'm not going to ask you a brokerage you're with. I'm afraid to ask you a brokerage you're with at this point. Yeah, let's let's talk about why that's such a bad omen and why we all hate it. And the bottom line is because the product doesn't work. Here's an essential oil that's going to cure everything. Here's an additive to your gas tank that's going to give you 20% better gas mileage. Here's a knife that kept, that cuts better than anything. Like there's all these products. Well, Cutco, I'll give some credit to. They have nice knives. But all these other, all these other companies, you know, you're, you're, why wouldn't, if the greatest makeup in the world is being sold in a multi-level marketing uh, situation, why wouldn't like Maybelline or somebody like that come in and buy that product? If I had a, a, an oil additive that gave you better gas mileage, why wouldn't ExxonMobil come and buy it? The reason that multi-level marketing gets such a bad name is because the products are usually subpar. They didn't make it. If it was so great, you'd sell it at Target. You'd have it on Amazon. You wouldn't need to go out and have us call on our friends and family. The difference is in real estate, Cherie, has real estate changed your life? Absolutely. If your children came to you and said, hey, I want to get into business and I want to sell real estate, would you push them towards it or away from it? Uh, they're coming. Yeah. They're already in it. <laughs> right. Michael, same thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The difference between this and multi-level marketing is the product is there. The product is amazing. Helping somebody learn how to help somebody buy and sell a home is an amazing opportunity for you to teach them. And it's an amazing opportunity for them to learn and grow. And the second they good at good at sales, we teach them hiring. The second they good at hiring, they good at good, good at leadership. Now that goes across, like I say real estate, but I could pick any industry, any industry at all. If you want to get ahead, this is how you do it. And it's by growing that leverage and leverage is grown through leadership. So and that, that doesn't require being, this is the thing. I hope everybody's hearing loud and clear. That doesn't require being with a multi-level company or anything like that. You can do that with, with an independent brokerage that you own. You can do it with an independent brokerage of somebody else's. It doesn't matter who your broker is. It doesn't matter where you're at. What matters is who you are. And when you at your core care more about other people's success than your own, you'll have unlimited success. But you have to start caring about other people's success. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the organization. It doesn't matter if I'm at that ISA level or if I'm at the showing assistant. It doesn't matter what level I'm at. I have to start off with the right mindset. Ron and I were talking just the other day about be, do, have, right? First, I've got to be mentally what I want to become, right? I've got to act as if. I've got to put myself in that situation where, hey, look, I see myself as something different than what I am today. So I'm going to act accordingly. 
then I can start doing those things that are required of that person that I want to become. And then I will naturally have the things that I want to have because I'll be helping all the other people around me have the things they want to have. When you don't have that mindset, it's a roadblock at every level. Now, and speaking of uh, really cool stuff, by the way, uh, I just want you to know, Nick, I'm totally stealing your slides and I'm going to make them mine. Uh, so I just want to let you know, when you see that slide of the Club Wealth logo on it, my name, you'll you'll recognize it. But you I, can't just take my name off unless you start giving me 25 cents every time you use it. <laughs> I love it, man. Those are great. Seriously, those are, he immediately hides it. He's like, quick, don't let him screenshot it. Oh, I'm just kidding. Those are fantastic, man. All right. So, Sheree, go ahead. You look like you had a question. No, it's just funny. Um, Sandy Stites, I was laughing at Sandy Stites. She says, can we have Nick speak at BSM? That's uh, all, that sounds like a good thing, doesn't well, it? We'll have, to, we'll have to get Nick committed to coming to BSM. Nick, you know, we've got our Business Strategy Mastermind Conference uh, in November. In fact, uh, if those of you that want to come, you were our tickets are going to sell out again this year. Uh, they're going to sell out actually a lot earlier this year. We're, we're, uh, VIP is actually almost already sold out. Uh, but it's clubwealth.com forward slash BSM. So, Nick, we can have that conversation offline and see if you want to come out and, uh, and spend some time with us out there. Right, Michael, when do, you, when do you ask for a second date? Uh, during the first date. That's exactly right. Very yeah. smart. Very smart. Good good call, Sandy. <laughs> that's right. Way to go, Sandy. Sandy Sites is awesome, by the way. Shout out to David and Sandy there. Uh, they started off with us. When they started coaching with us, their best year ever was like 250000 at GCI. First year with us, they did like 890 or 8 something. Uh, second year, 1.5. And this year, they're on track to do over $3.6 million in gross commission income. So, congratulations, you guys. We're proud of you. Um, so, awesome. Okay. We've got just a few minutes left. We've got literally three minutes left. So, Sheree, I see you've got a burning question. We're going to go to that. And then, anybody that's got something uh, in the comments, we'll jump on that. And then, finally, make you get the final thoughts. No, I actually had my final thoughts. So I don't want to skip over any questions uh, that anyone else might have had because um, I didn't look in here to see. But did you have anything else, Michael? So let's, let, let's do this. Nick, I just want to know this. If there was only one thing that you could share with us, if there was only one message, one idea that you could convey in these last two minutes, what would it be? I think that it comes down to deciding what you want. Like decide what you want out of your life, decide what that looks like, you know, write a letter to yourself 15 years, 20 years from now and describe what your life looks like, what your finances look like, what your time looks like, what your family looks like. Describe in detail exactly what you want. And once you have that clear picture, and for me, I had to do it three, four, five times, I would write myself the letter and then I'd spend a week and then I'd go back to it and I'd rewrite things and I'd change things and go back and really determine where you want to go. In life, if we don't have an idea of our destination, then we're just going to end up wherever. How do we know whether we're, we're moving in the right direction? You wouldn't go drive across the uh, United States without knowing where you're going on the other end. You know, so it, I just think you need to begin with the end in mind and it, and it starts with what you want out of your life. And then as you build that roadmap to get there, you're going to allow other people to get on that train and grow their own lives and really reach new heights that they didn't know was possible. Yeah, that's one thing that I always I say to my 
family and to my children. I don't really say it in reference to real estate, but I believe in, if you could see my board, it has a big word on it that says dash, you know, so yeah, I can kind of turn it around for you to see, but it's a big word that says dash. And it's a big reminder for myself uh, when I come in is that everyone has a dash. We all have a dash, you know, there's that date that we were born and then that's that date that we die and we have a dash that's in the middle. And in that middle is where people forget that they need to live. And when you're making that decision, you need to, and I always say, write things down as to what you want in life and then go do it. Like, just go do it, go achieve it, go after it. Don't let something keep you from doing that. And I love what you said. You know, when you're building people up, you reach behind you and you pull people right on up with you. And that's what your growth pattern shows. So those team leaders that are out there, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure that you're hearing some things very clearly with Nick. And that is that point of pulling someone up with you and also showing them how they can grow within the business because everyone wants to grow. No one wants to be pond water. No one wants to be pond water at all. So don't allow your business to be pond water. Don't allow your teammates to be pond water and you better not be pond water either. I love it. I am hereby again officially commit to not being pond water. So there you go. All right, good stuff. So we have to wrap it up, you guys. So real quick, those of you that are watching and that are on uh, our site on uh, facebook.com forward slash club wealth, those of you that are there, if you could do me a favor, if you'd like to hear more from Nick, if you'd like to see him uh, out at one of our events, type that in. Type in more Nick. Uh, more Nick, more Nick, more Nick. <laughs> I want to see. I, guess, I want to see if you guys are liking Nick, and if you're thinking he's got some valuable stuff to share. I want to see that. So type it into your uh, thing with the comments in this thread right now. Just type in more Nick, and that way we'll know if that's what you want. Uh, also, if there are other people that you'd like to see more of, please type their names in here as well. Tag them here so we know who you would love to see on Global TV. That being said, we're gonna jump. Have an awesome day, everybody. Don't forget to get signed up for. Uh, the Business Strategy Mastermind Conference at cobalt.com forward slash BSM. Have an awesome day. Nick, thank you so much for all the value you brought us today. Sheree, thank you for being my co-host today. And remember, you guys, inside each one of you, there's a world-class beast just dying to get out. But you got to choose to unleash the beast. So go do something at a world-class level today. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.